Hi, this is Lacey. This is Jason. From Bourbon House, and you are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. are listening to the free form rock podcast is everybody in is everybody in is everybody in the ceremony is about to begin songs is the perfect circle a group of people that have come together and completed each other in some way it's pretty rare you get this many good friends together you know making music and have it actually succeed it's not just a weekend warrior thing it's you know it's actually taking shape Judith is the most unique song in the record in that it was written in one sitting. I had always hoped that it would be that easy, but it never has it before and never has since. In ways it starts writing itself after it starts going. It was one of the ones that took a little longer because I could hear that there was something to it and I didn't want to rush it. It was kind of a, a coveting process. I was holding it very close to me and trying not to, trying, almost trying not to finish it till the right stuff really came. Well, basically, uh, everything you've heard up to now is a big lie. We, uh, we actually just started this band so that we could kind of in a way, audition for the next David Fincher film. And this, there is no perfect circle. This is all just an elaborate hoax to to get into one of his movies. We're just movie fans. Yeah, I mean, that's all. Really. Did I get the part? I guess this kind of came together when Tool was working on Anima, and he was doing some work with us during that recording process. His computer rigged there, and a lot of the music was on on the computer, and he was working on that, and I heard it, and I really liked it. I begged him to let me be involved. Took money. I had to pay him off. I really had a lot of faith that, that it was going to turn out well because he's a genius writer. The music came out the way I wanted it to. It's just an obsession. It just it comes all the time. I have to have a studio in my house. I have to have you know an outlet for writing. I go crazy. <laughs> Well, I'm lost in myself 
came into it uh, at the end and uh, came up with vocal melodies and words uh, for what he'd already written. Hearing his music, uh, I had to just kind of sit down and clear my head and just listen to what was being said by the, by the music and what kind of particular dynamics were coming out of, emotional dynamics were coming out of those sounds. Then the words just kind of came. definitely an approach and it you know we have an end product in mind and everybody has to hear that thing whatever it is that each person wants to hear out of the songs and until we feel that or hear that or discover that the song's not done it's not really a matter of uh, what I can't do with one project and what I can do with another I think with each one it's it's what I can do Welcome to another edition of the best podcast on the interwebs in our minds. But uh, you guys could debate about that. I know we roll. Hey, so we got uh, Charles, man. What's going on, brother? What's up? Uh, the star back again. Yet uh, another week here on the Freeform Rock podcast. And uh, uh, we got a guest this week. Uh, go ahead and introduce him, Mark. I never could say his last name. He's been on here several times with Lee and I. Uh, Tim Wisnerak. <laughs> Wisniak. 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 I could never say your name, bro. Wisniak. Maybe I can say it right. You can't even say my first name. What are you talking about? My last name. Come on now. I can say your first name. It, it's it's Jim, right? Your name is Jim, right? <laughs> Aren't you Earthworm Earthworm Jim? Oh, no, you're Tim. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Slim, Jim, whatever. <laughs> Not a rocker, slick? I don't know. So what, what's going on, Tim? Man, glad to have you back, man. You haven't been back in nine months. I just saw the chat on here. <laughs> Not time. much. Not much. Uh, what was the me, last, me, last? Lee, me and Lee had a little tiff, but other than that. <laughs> yeah, Lee, Lee has to... Lee, Lee gets sensitive. He's cool, man. Lee rules. Uh... He, he, he fucking rules, man. He he did this podcast when nobody else wanted him to do it. So he fucking rules. I love that guy. But uh, what's going on? What are we... Uh, hey, I got a question to ask be, uh, you two first. Tim, what's your problem with Oasis? They suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coming from a Jackson Brown fan, I'll take that as a compliment. Hey, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. I never said I was a Jackson Brown fan. I just did that podcast. Oh, they roped you into it? 
I mean, like, you know, come on yeah, now. Me too. Hey, you like that album? <laughs> yeah, I do like the album. I like Jackson Brown. He's all right. Oh, but there you go. He's not. I'm not the. I'm not the tell-all biggest fan there of of his. You know. Well, I don't think anybody is. I think we're all casual fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm a casual I'm fan. I hear a tune on the radio. Yeah, cool. But no, I hit the skip button. Uh, but uh, the thing is, is. Like I said earlier on the comments thread, if they were a failure at 70 million albums, I would hate to see if they were a success. I would hate to see what success would bring if they were a complete failure. Then they might look like Led Zeppelin. Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I'll, Maybe. I think Led Zeppelin sold over 70 million. Oh, they beat that by far. Oh, yeah. They did one album. Come on. <laughs> but Even Nine Arm has sold more than uh, Oasis. Oh yeah, but there's other bands that I, I've heard are better than them. It's and so what I what I but really the sales what I really are. dislike about Oasis is when they finally got their break here in America, they can't keep their family business to themselves. Mm, you finally got your break. Shut up and enjoy it. Well, that's their that's their shtick, though, man. It, it's like. That's what they do. Nah, you. But to the very day. But yeah. again, when, you, when you're interrupting your own concerts and stuff like that, it's not helping you. It's like Sharon Osbourne having the band, other bands throw eggs at, at Iron Maiden in their <laughs> own in their own concert venue. That's not helping you. Oh, it didn't hurt Ozzy at all. <laughs> so, uh, I I'm not it, gonna. Disagree. It sure it sure hurt Ozfest though. Uh, I'm not gonna disagree. Uh, Liam pretty much sabotaged them in the states, and I don't think Noel was too excited about that. But uh, yeah, but they're they're massive around the world. I, that's all I can how say. Many, do you know how many bands that are out there that are busting their asses every night in local clubs that would have loved that shot? Yeah, loved that shot. I know we saw anything to get that shot. But how many bands like you could name Dokken and Rat, <laughs> two examples that fucking shot themselves in the foot? Yeah, but at least Dokken they kept it to themselves pretty much until they got famous. <laughs> you never heard about Dokken, you know, fighting with each other in the clubs and all that. Oh my they god, did. dude. I saw them open up for Aerosmith on the permanent vacation tour. They were fighting on stage, George and Don, during a fucking opening show, dude. What the fuck? That didn't make them look good in my eyes. I was like, what a fucking bunch of loons on stage. Yeah, but they were already known then. Oasis wasn't even known. They had one, one single on MTV. Yeah, but they were about to blow up on that fucking back for the attack, dude. But they, they hadn't up. blown up yet, is they what were. I'm saying. If they would have made an, keep their mouth shut till after the show. If they would have made an album after that, they would have fucking blew up. They were there. They were right on the cusp of being like a fucking uh, Oasis or any of those fucking bands that blew up. Now they're fucking Dawkins playing clubs and fucking he can't even sing anymore. Fucking sad. Well, it's a different era of music. Yeah. I mean... Oasis was competing against the rise of hip hop, and um, unfortunately, we got the new version of Nine Arm Def Leppard instead, which was Bush, which I've never understood 
uh, knockoff grunge band was bigger in the States, but whatever, you know. I don't know. I understand not everybody digs them, but they're, uh, they're a lot better than what people give them credit for. Yeah, they had a couple of good, cool tunes. Did you see that they played Wasted the other night? Def Leppard, yeah. It was, it, without Pete Willis, it don't work. It was Sorry. good. <laughs> Come on. I, I, no. I, I put up a video hoping you guys would be happy. You look, they're playing your favorite song. And no. Without Pete Willis and without an arm. Dude, no. Pete, Will, Pete Willis, I think, is just an excuse for you guys to hate them. If he stayed in a band, they probably would have went the same direction. I doubt it. Because they still would have had to replace fucking uh, Clark. <laughs> Eventually. So. But at least they would have had somebody there who knew what rock and roll was. Yeah. But and hey, you like it. I know some other people out there like that wimpy shit they came out with. That's cool, man. Don't bother me. Take what you want. Take what you need. I love that. I just take it as a huge insult to the fans of the what when they're made good music. Hey, I know Phil Colwin is the weak league in that band. I think they should let Vivian Campbell take over. But uh, I think he's fucking selfish. Doesn't give Vivian any fucking leads on the new shit. Uh, fuck. And then when they let Vivian write, it was for that album Slang. <laughs> it's like, I don't fuck. think Vivian's got it anymore. Oh, I know? think he does. Have you heard Last in Line? Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking good shit. The first album, at least. First and second yeah, album. Like, that Beatles song was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It ain't the same as when he was with Dio, dude. No. No. He's lost it. Oh, he was good in Shadow King with Lou Graham too. I love. Yeah, that. but he was. That was even. That was coming down, big time notch from Dio. Yeah. To Shadow King, and then he went down even further. Well, Dio. Dio okay. was a dick in that fight too, man. Everybody gives says it's all Vivian's fault. It's kind of Dio getting an ego. Dio could be a dick. It was Dio's band. Yeah. But when he did the band, he said, I want this to be a band. I want it to be a collaboration. Yeah, I, yes, I understand that. But, I mean, you know, it comes to a point where you've got to be the leader. I mean, it is your band. It is your name on that moniker. And look, yeah, he wasn't fucked the Cam fuck up. Wasn't called Campbell. No, but he did fuck it up because he those, those original members left and his album sales, like, dove. And he made a great album, Strange Highways, man. And that didn't do any shit, because that was in the fucking later in his career. But fuck, the guy still had it. I like all his albums. I even like Killing the Dragon, Magica. I think he still had some good shit coming out, man. But yeah. uh, it wasn't the same as those first three Dio albums, man. Dio man. First two. Yeah, shouldn't that tell you how sad it is that something like Hysteria outsold that kind of shit? Isn't that sad? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I love that episode. Okay. I don't yeah, the episodes, whatever, but it, it still stands that album sucks. Ah, you suck. What really pisses me <laughs> off about that whole thing is that it, if you look back on it nowadays, people go, oh, Hysteria, that was the 80s. And it's like, no! <laughs> it was the 80s. It was 87. You see no, them I mean, people think of that as the 80s. And it's uh, like, no, we had so much better music then, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, my God. Whatever, Mark digs it, a few other people do, and a lot of soccer moms, and God bless them. Hey, man, <laughs> don't tell me you want to get laid by those soccer moms. Some of them are gorgeous as fuck, dude. 
I saw it, and the crowd was more entertaining than the band. <laughs> Dude, somebody but, whooped but, out their tits on a couple of Def Leppard and Motley Crue songs. I was like, yeah, baby. And I, my wife was looking at me. What are you looking at? Please. <laughs> Don't get me started on Motley Crue. It just came out. He knows how to play bass now. <laughs> I was saving that for the video. But, uh, okay. <laughs> what? I hey, don't I, believe it. I kept that news off of BS the last two weeks, so <laughs> I wanted to say it, but God, I'm oh, I funny can't. if you listen to it. It sounds like he still doesn't learn, hasn't learned how to play bass. <laughs> I can't believe people are still paying to see them. Well, I told you if Tesla opened for them, I'd go and leave when they came out. But yeah, I've... maybe I'd watch a little bit of John Five because I'd be curious, and then I'd leave. You can look at that on YouTube. Yeah, but it sounds different on YouTube than when you're there live. Save your money. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... Speaking gonna... of money, I'd like to see John Fye's paycheck. Holy shit, that must be something. Has to be, because he's dumbing himself down. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. To get, to get a guy like that into Motley Crue... Dude, yeah. that, John that's going to take a good chunk of change. John Five has always dumbed himself down. He doesn't really play with fucking uh, uh, Rob Zombie, really. He doesn't show off his skills on those albums at all. Well, well I don't... It's, it's not it's not drawing me to see him. I know that. Well, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to see them unless... Maybe if they replaced Vince, I would go. <laughs> There's Cool, they're talking about and that. And it was great for an album. <laughs> it was. Yeah, There's we haven't reviewed that album yet. Last Leg. I read that. Huh? This okay. might be the end of the road for him. They might move on from Vince. He might be going back to those chowder clubs. <laughs> Rip fest. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd rather see that. if he, I don't care if he sounds like crap. Then I don't know. Something about Vince is at least cool. Well, Vince loves the material while the other bands snub their nose at it. They just play it for money. Vince actually likes the material they did. But, but the problem it, with the problem with Motley Crue, and it's been the problem since day one, since they formed, is Nikki Six or Frank, whatever the fuck his name is, is in charge of that band. Always has been in charge of that band. Always will be in charge of that band. So as long as Nikki Six is in charge of that band, you're going to see this happen all the time. Because he changes his mind like a female. <laughs> like a woman. Jesus Christ almighty. It's like... It's like Nikki... He had it with the original crew when they came out with their, their first two albums. They had something then all of a sudden it was like commercialism came I'm and theater here, pain. here we go <laughs> and then all of a sudden he said well he said okay we can change singers and we'll go to Karabi and they came out with a kick-ass album and then it wasn't selling so Nikki quick fix said well we got to go back and we got to start selling some out that wasn't nikki that was the record company telling him to bring vince back or we're going to drop your contract because they just signed yeah and you know damn well nikki went okay yeah he probably right. he bent over and sucked her cock yeah yeah okay no problem because nikki is all about nick 
and I forget who said it, but he's, it's absolutely true. Mickey could care to give give two shits about fucking music. He wants to be a star, and that's all he's ever wanted to be is a star. But you, well, he got his wish. Well, I'm just saying that uh, that's the same thing with Oasis, but at least they make good music. <laughs> Says you. Says Man, a lot like, of people. Come on, dude. There's no way. The, the, the fucking Brandon and uh, fucking first band on the moon. Oh, that, that whole album just blew. Oh, I, I like most of that album. <laughs> Generation Swine On, they were fucking trash. Oh, That's what they should have called it. Instead of New Tattoo, they should have called it just just blue oh i like i like most of new tattoo i don't like first oh. on the moon but i like their version of white punks on dope fucking no that was them trying to be commercial they were not even good at that dude they saints had of hey was horrible oh, i like saints terrible. of los angeles Compa no. compared to shout at the devil are you kidding me i don't compare those albums i like albums differently i i know the best def leppard albums are fucking high the first three hysteria was a drop down but i still love hysteria you know hysteria was was bob rock blowing his load well, fucking my favorite album is pyromania and then high and dry and then hysteria's third so that's how i go but uh through the night blows away hysteria i like gone through the night too fuck it hysteria's four <laughs> yeah. i have a box set the early years with a lot of fucking killer live tracks and the original version of let it go when it was called something else it's pretty fucking cool Man. My crew made two great albums. The rest of it is fucking pretty much shit. Might have a decent song here and there. You don't like Theater of Pain, dude? I like Home Sweet Home. That's it. You don't like uh, all... Oh, fuck it. Oh, fuck, I love Somebody that. tell me the difference between Theater of Pain and Dr. Feelgood. Well, there's better, it sounds like there's the better exact production same on Dr. Fucking Feelgood. There's better it, production. It sounds like the exact same album. I love Dr. Feelgood, man. That album fucking rocks. Formula Rock 101. I, ah. I like the singles from Dr. Feelgood except for Without You. I've said that many times. Well, the rest of it is you, garbage. You like time for a change? I said I like to sing. Why would I like time for change, which is my least favorite Motley Crue Dude, song? I, I did. It's, you know what sucks? I did fucking on this podcast before, I think before Lee. Well, he was on here for the first month, but uh, I did it. Dr. Feelgood with Johnny Vogan, I think. But uh, I think that should be another episode we remix. <laughs> I think that'd be a fun episode with you and Jerry. I, I don't despise it as much as some, but I don't, I think, like, songs like Rattlesnake Shake, Sticky Sweet. I like Sticky Sweet. I don't like Rattlesnake Shake. But, yeah. Terrible. And that Time for Change is my least favorite I think of I all songs three horrible songs on uh dr feelgood but i like the rest i love kickstart my heart i'm sorry and, and i dislike rocket ship from generation swine more than brandon Ooh, I, I, dude i've listened to that album once and i can't go back i hate generation swine it's my least favorite dude, by we should do that to fucking have a fucking hate fest on an album Oh, I, I despise that album. And because I love the 94 so much, and I was not happy they got rid of Karabi. And then when I heard a song or two, I was like, oh, fuck no. And I never bought anything else Motley Crue ever again. Fuck them. Now, other, I, than 90, 
I did a 94 album. The last album I bought from Motley Crue was Shout. The only thing I have by Motley Crue... the only one I needed. Motley Crue is like the greatest hits with that fucking horrible remix of fucking Shout at the Devil on it. I don't know why they had to put electronic hip-hop drums on that fucking song. And then I have the 94 album. I have Dr. Feel Good. I have Shout. I have Too Fast for Love. I don't have Saints of Los Angeles. I don't have all those albums after Dr. Feel Good, except the 94 album. Um, they had to satisfy Tommy Lee, dude, because at the time he was boinking Pamela Anderson, and he's what kept him relevant. Yeah, he was a hip-hop artist then. Yeah. Isn't he still That's a hip-hop artist? I don't know what he is. <laughs> I wish they would retire, too. For real. Go with kids to the house. Take yeah. a break. Stadium tour, man. Tesla is available, Def Leppard. And you and De you and Def Leppard are great friends. So Def Leppard, why are you fucking with Tesla, assholes? <laughs> they should have been I, your number two on the fucking stadium tour. Sorry, I, I honestly think, even though their music is completely lame and I laugh at them a lot, I believe Poison has more credibility than Motley Crue. Oh, dude, Poison! Oh it, dude. my God, Jesus Christ! Dude, Poison, fucking... Poison, fucking kick. They were the second best band on the stadium oh, tour when I saw God. them. It was fucking Def Leppard, then Poison fucking kicked ass. Motley Crue was like, okay, I finally get to see Motley Crue. Wait, this ain't Motley Crue. This sounds like a this sounds like a chipmunk. Up there going, wabba, 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 wabba. That was taped. And that was allegedly tapes. It's so fucking odd. That part is hilarious. How far down the list have we fallen? My God. Poison or Motley no, Crue? Man, it's sad. Hey, it's really sad. I, I don't understand Kiss band. But you know, po like, Poison writes the same cheesy lyrics as Kiss, but... Don't ever fucking compare Poison to Kiss. You've done it too many times. Don't be smirched the good goddamn name of Kiss. <laughs> really? They besmirched their own name? <laughs> hey. I'm, not in the 70s. We don't think about the 80s. Oh, in the on. 70s, Kiss kicks the Poison's ass, but in the 80s, Poison kicked Kiss's ass. No, they didn't kick your yeah, ass. Two That's albums insane. I like. Well, I like Animal Eyes. I like those albums. Wicked uh, blows any poison album Wicked away. Up is cool, but it's not better than Triumph Never Surrender. I'm sorry. Is that a poison album? No, no Never Surrender's by Triumph. How do we bring Triumph into this? Because, what the hell is because, because, because fucking a guy did a video saying uh, track by track thing, and he picked... Uh, like in uh, that over Triumph, Never Surrender. I go, fuck, Lick It Up is not better than Triumph, Never, never Surrender. But, uh, I was like, fuck that know, Lick shit. It Up's pretty good, man. Huh? Lick It Up's pretty good. Well, Lick It Up is pretty good. I think the thing that killed Triumph on that, because they had a couple of instrumentals with Rick Emmett. But I think those rule. And I do like On the Eighth Day. I like fucking, I love the song Lick It Up. For, for I hate the song Lick It Up. Everybody but that's the only, I don't that's hate the only, it, but I don't think it's... I like it better than All, all Hell's Breaking Loose. Ooh, I love All Hell's Breaking Loose. What be this? And what I be don't that? like on the album. Why you gotta talk like that, man? Get out of here. Paul Stanley ain't no rapper. That's just me. <laughs> Come on, man. That was terrible. I yeah, but when he, when he did it, when he did that, it wasn't called rap. <laughs> yeah. It was called I mean, scat. I, he was scatting, other, dude. He wasn't uh, rapping. He was scatting. Eh, no. He was scat I, man Stanley. He was just being different. 
<laughs> what be this and what be that? Man, get out of here. Did he write that? Yeah, I hope not. Then <laughs> he did. The greatest member of KISS, the guy that saved the band. Uh, Joyce DeWitt. Are you, I thought that was uh, Peter. I thought that was Ace Fraley when they did the reunion tour that saved Kiss because they weren't doing that good a business even with Vinny. So. It was the make. Yeah. Oh, Eric Carr saved Kiss. What are you talking about? Oh, I would say Eric Carr. He was the only member who loved to be in Kiss. Even the other members didn't like being in Kiss. He was like ecstatic, and they treated him like shit. Assholes. Rick Derringer saved it. Rick yep, soul. <laughs> well, that guy from Mister Mister, right? He was on that uh, creature. No, he did the he did the solo on um, the first track. Uh, creatures, the title track. Nice. No, on, on Better, Look It Up, right? the first track on Look It Up, he did the solo too. Rick Darren did on Danger. No, on Lick It Up, the album. Yeah, the first Exciter. Oh, Exciter, not Danger. I'm sorry. He did yeah. the solo too. But Steve Ferris from Mr. Mister did the t single solo on Creatures of the Night. Yeah. Mark was saying. Which, which is an album I'd like to review for the ladies. <laughs> creatures? No. Uh, I, uh, fucking uh, Mr. Mister, welcome to the world world. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, we got to get some ladies listen to us, man. We can't all have a sausage fest here. That Def Leppard episode did really good. So did that Guns N' Roses episode. Fuck, man. So did Poison. So did Poisons. Yeah, you got to do the ladies' albums, man. Do Corey Hart, man. Corey Hart, Boy in a Box, or if I can... Uh, never I don't surrender. know. I only know two songs. Oh, I, I, don't... Like, I like both his first two solo albums. He's got some good uh, shit on there, dude. Uh, not like that what? one dude, uh, Rockwell. He only had two good songs, Taxman and Somebody's Watching Me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not interested in that either. Did you listen to the Taxman version that he did? Yeah, he did? I didn't care for it. Didn't care for it? Oh, okay. Uh, but did nice. you... Actually, speaking of weird... Remember Jermaine Jackson? Yeah. He yeah. had an album back there. It had a song called The Planet of Ant Women. <laughs> oh. It was weird. I got it free from Columbia House, and I actually liked it. I don't know if I'd like it now. I'm kind of curious to go back and listen to the album. Yeah, never heard it. Yeah, yeah it was. Like, it, I'll, I'll tell you after the show what the name of the album is. But, oh, I get the Planet of the Ant Women. Maybe I'll I wish Tito would do a live album. Who? Tito. Tito. <laughs> he rules, man. Tito Jackson, the secret weapon of the Jackson Five by far. Oh man, I thought I thought that was uh, who was a sister that looked just like him? Reby. Reby. No, it was she, LaToya. LaToya. Oh, LaToya. Mm. She mm -hmm. was in Playboy, wasn't she? Baby was a good-looking girl, too. Yeah, I think Janet's she still... That song, uh, she did that song, Centipede. Yeah. I would go see uh, freaking Janet Jackson live. She's playing right now. Oh, me too. I love... Like, we should do fucking Rhythm Nation on here one day. That's kind of a little rocky album. Yeah, it does, I like the one with Black Cat. Is that it? When we're Rhythm Nation, dude. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we yeah. We are a part of the Rhythm Nation. Yeah. It's on there, Black Cat. She wrote that riff, man. I'm a big fan. Yeah. But uh, what are we doing today, Charles? Is your pick, well, man. A, a total, a whole different world from all the shit we've been talking about. We're doing a band 
that's an offshoot of a band that I know a lot of people love. I don't know if I'm one of them, but they're an offshoot of the band Tool. We're going to do today a review on a perfect circle, Mer de Nom. Thank God you said it. <laughs> I'm part French. So I'll be like hated by part of the community, well, but that's okay. You know, my grandma's, my grandpa's last name was Fuquay or Fuqua, but he said Fuquay because he's from Arkansas, so they probably said it wrong. But uh, <laughs> I'm part French too, buddy. <laughs> All right, part French and Irish. My well, grandma's usually, last name was Solvent. You usually do all the wiki facts. So what's up with the perfect circle? Oh God, I was. I'm just going to say it's a debut album by American rock band, per, per, A Perfect Circle. The album was released May 23rd, 2000. It entered Billboard 200 at number four, making it the highest ever Billboard 200 debut for a rock band's first album. It sold over 188,000 copies in its first week and was certified platinum by the RIAA later that same year. Three singles were released in promotion. Of the album Judith, Three Libras, and The Hollow, all of which hit the top 20 on the Billboard US Modern Rock and Mainstream Rock charts. This band is an offshoot of Tool, which makes sense that Tool's huge. It makes sense that this band would, it's not really like a debut album if you think about it per se, because it was already built up by the band Tool with Maynard, and people love Maynard. But uh, let's get into this album, shall we? Well, hold on, no, hold right. on a sec. Because we asked Tim to be on. Tim, you're a massive Tool fan, aren't you? Not? I certainly am. Cool. Well, when when did you get into them? Uh, I got into I got into Tool right after Undertow was released. Okay. I picked that up and went, "Holy fuck, what is this?" And been a fan ever since. Think, yeah, this is like Tool is a. Uh, I compare them somewhat, brace yourself, Mark, but especially with fans, I compare them to Rush a bit. Hmm. Not in sound, but in the just fans are just fanatical. Yeah, they're, I mean, they get their own little, own little fucking yeah. world out there, you know? My best friend at home, uh, who doesn't listen to podcasts, he's a smart guy. Uh, he loves Tool. I mean, he'll drive all over the country to go see him. I mean, mm -hmm. he's one of those mm -hmm. voted Tool fans. Yeah, they're and, kind of like a... Oh, yeah. Remember, remember the Kiss Army back in the 70s? Yeah. Kind of yeah. like that. Different music, different bands, I understand that. But dedication up the ass. I mean... Right, dedicated fans. That's a good that's a good comparison to Rush because Rush fans are the same with this. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Now, sound wise, not necessarily the same, but 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 Tool is like prog metal to me. Ah. And, See, I never I never understood what prog metal means. Queensrÿche because rock Ooh. and roll is all progressive metal. It's it's progressive music. So, what does prog metal mean? 
I would point I, to. I don't. Know, I never understood. Well, it. Prague probably because it has the stories and the chord changes and the time signature changes. That's what d differentiates differentiates uh, Prague from regular metal. Some regular metal, like Black Sabbath, do have those time changes and chord changes and stuff like that. But bands like Poison or Def Leppard, early Def Leppard did, but newer Def Leppard or newer metal never had that. So in the eighties and nineties and two thousands, those bands that did were considered proggy, like. You got Dream Theater, you got Rush, and you got Tool, and you got a Perfect Circle. You know they're Prague, they're Proggy. So they're hard. So Queensrÿche, the Queensrÿche, also with Pro Operation Minecraft, right. Prague metal album. So the Who were Prague. Uh, yes, they're kind of so Prague rock, but not Prague metal. I think Pink Floyd was was a good example. Yeah, uh, they're Prague. The but sound is I, a little harder than Pink Floyd. That's why they call them metal. You know what I mean? It's like, what well, I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just don't get, can't get wrap my head around the definition of prog, quote unquote. So, it's I mean, of, they're a rock band to me. That's what they are. It's more of a thinking, a thinking man's band where they write about, they make a, a rock opera. They make like a, a, an album that's cohesive with the same theme. Yeah, I think that's why but that they doesn't mean you're prog. I mean, like Queensrÿche, they made Operation Mindcrime, one of the greatest prog albums there is. But yet, though, they can play other shit. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, but, but Tools always. I don't know. I mean, I I do I do see it basically the the length of the songs, the song structures, um, the themes of the lyrics. I mean, I'm more of a punk fan by nature those songs are like a minute and a half mm -hmm. over where these songs are usually longer in structure these albums nothing's longer than four minutes and 34 this seconds one, on a i mean this i one, mean yes their albums every one of them seems to have a theme to it you know and they're trying to to um, try to invade certain messages within that theme but is that progressive or not Fuck knows. I don't know. Well, I just call them a rock band. I mean, that's what they are. They're they're a rock band. Yeah, but well, the thing is, they're more like cerebral than regular rock bands. They're more cerebral than like Motley Crue. You know, they write about themes and emotions and and put it into a harder thing. Where you read the lyrics, it's not simple lyrics. You read Motley Crue, it's like wham bam. Thank you. Oh yeah, I mean, if yeah. if you're saying if you're saying that they have intelligent lyrics, then absolutely. But I don't know is that puts that's them what, in that's what rock from regular rock. There's a thinking man's yeah, call, call the thinking man's band, yeah, whatever. Man. Yeah. You know, there's a bit, there's a lot of them out there. Thinking man's band. You know, they they make you think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's also a third band Mater does called Pussifer. Mm-hmm. Which uh, my buddy obviously tried to get me to listen to, and God bless him. But uh, I just know that the the tool—I don't know what they call their fans. Tool's also known to troll their fans. They're very interesting guys, and uh, I don't know. But it, it, I have to say though, I first saw Tool probably like a lot of other people with the sober video, and quite honestly, it went over my head. Oh, I uh, never love that video. Fan, but I respect the fact that they have a huge fan base. 
And I've certainly heard worse. I know that. But uh, a perfect circle came to my mind. Like, I don't see people reviewing a lot of perfect circle records. I don't see that or tool, like in our, in our circles. Not a lot. No. So I just came to me like, why don't we try something? I never really heard this before. So I thought this would be a fun thing to do. Basically. I had never, other than the singles that were released, I'd never heard this album before until Mark said we're going to do it. And so I've been listening for, like, for the past week. <laughs> yeah. I've heard it. I, I don't have any Perfect Circle. I have all the Tool out, except the new Tool album. I have all of them digitally. I need to get that new one because I did like it. You did it. Beat Tay-Tay for number one. What? The, the last Tool album? Yes, it did. Yeah, but they were so expensive to buy. I couldn't buy it. <laughs> so, ah, yeah, yeah. It was like weird, dude, how they fucking just put those prices up. But uh, this, is, uh, this album also features the newest touring drummer of... Uh, Foo Fighters, John Freeze, on tracks 2 to 11. He's not the touring drummer anymore. He was just announced as the drummer. Well, they announced him as the drummer? They said touring yes. drummer when they announced him first. Nope. He's the, tour. He's the new drummer. Oh, cool. He, 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 well, we'll talk about him later during this episode. But uh, let's get into this album, shall we? You got anything more to say, Charles? No, sir. You got anything more to say, Tim? Nope. I'm ready. All right. Well, let's get into this album. Oh, wait a minute. One more thing. Merdinoms is French for sea of names. Sea of names, cool. I wanted to. And if you look at the if you look at the song listings on it, they're all names, pretty much. Oh wow! Oh, true. So we get to the first song, the Hollow. So I'll get to you, Tim. What do you think of the Hollow? The Hollow. Boop, boop, boop. Get my notes. The Hollow is actually, I thought, was a good opener. This, this album kind of, I don't know, it, this album in places is awesome, in other places sucks, and mostly it's kind of average, and from, from my humble opinion, just hearing it for the first time, and I gotta get, I have notes on it. Oh, another thing that I that I just found out is there's a song on on here, and we'll do it later, called "Thinking of You." That it wasn't a single released, but yet they only did a video for it. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, because I just watched the video. Because huh. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that wasn't released. What's going on here? <laughs> so, but uh. So you, you like this first opening track then? I, I like it a lot for an opening track. Yeah, good good heavy riff. Sounded like it was going to be rock and roll to start, but, you know, good riff. All right. Good tune. And then I get into it. Uh, love all the cool sounds coming from the song, plus that guitar is on fucking fire. Killer drums and Maynard, I've always liked his vocal tone, so this is fucking cool. What do you think about it, Charles? Well, the guitar work on this track is relentless and uh, great layered parts on it. Uh, Primus drummer Tim Alexander actually played on this track, and uh, he lays some great drums down here. 
I enjoy the song quite a bit. I do find it a bit more accessible to my ears than standard tool tracks, but yet at the same time a bit fit in to me as well to like sounds at the time. Not a drop down and lose it good song, but it's pretty decent overall. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Man, I, killer track to start it off with. Good criticism there, Charles. And then we get to uh, Magdalena. Tim? Magdalena. Magdalena. What do you think? Magdalena. Yeah. Nice little intro. Very moody. Drumming is solid. But then again, drumming is solid on this album throughout. I mean, just rock solid. You can't really bitch about Josh Freezer's drumming on this. Maynard does not oversing this, and he has a tendency to, but not this one. Good track. All right, and then I go killer bass, ambient music to start this song. This is a totally stoner rock, man. This fucking rules those guitars that give me such a fucking hard on. So many musical changes in this song. Time signatures. Fuck, dude. This is prog rock. Fucking Charles, what do you think about it? Well, this is more like it. Uh, such a foreboding song uh, sound on this, rather, on this track. Uh, the bass work, great. Josh Freeze's drumming is great. The guitar solo reminds me of either The Edge or Johnny Marr a little bit with that haunting chime sound. Oh, yeah. Maynard's singing, uh, it ain't nothing to sneeze at either on the track. I really love the buildup and intensity. A fantastic track here. Yeah, man, I agree with you on that one, man. And then uh, like we get to the next one, Rose. Yeah, so it is a sea of names, like you said, Tim. Oh, it's nice acoustic at the beginning. Um, then gets heavy. Maynard sings the, the fuck out of this track. And, you know, to me, he's the MVP of this whole album is Maynard's voice and his inflictions into voice and the way he changes it and his power and his, I mean everything but then again he he's one of the perfect singers so why not yeah man uh, the the blending of acoustic with electric is killer then a harmonic solo they fucking rules and Maynard is a fucking genius man I don't think this guy gets talked enough about they just think oh he's fucking emoting oh he had problems with his mom oh wah 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 but he writes fucking personal lyrics and his voice has so much fucking emotion in it I can love this song and goes a lot of directions musically and the fucking violins in this song wow fucking amazing what do you think about it Charles yeah, it's a rather complex sounding piece. I think most of it are pretty good, uh, especially the second half. Uh, but to my ears, this is a hey, Maynard is in Tool type song. <laughs> Fans of Tool, I can hear the appeal, but it was a bit of a miss for me here. Ah, I love this fucking song. I think I'm going to be the MVP of this album. <laughs> and then we get to the next track, which you picked, Charles. Judith, yeah. so here's Judith on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
sorry for interrupting the podcast. I just want to take a second to thank all of you for listening. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean and join the Freeform Rock Podcast community on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Okay, that was Judith Charles. Why'd you pick that one, man? Well, it's another song about Maynard's mother. I mean, he had a few. And it was a subject that obviously burnt in his mind when it comes through on this song. Uh, it was a single. So probably it would have had a bit more accessible sound. And guess what? It got me too, man. Maynard's screams are great because there's obvious emotion there. Uh, far from the greatest song I've ever heard, but I do think that this is a damn fine song to my ears. Albeit musically not massively adventurous. All right, man. Tim, what do you think about it? Uh, the drumming is spectacular on this song, but Josh Freeze, so, you know. Um, nice bass in the opening. Again, Maynard is singing the fuck out of this track. Tempo and mood changer. And is that a flute? Because I thought I heard a flute in this song, and I was like, a flute? Yeah, why not? Sure. Death Rotel. Here we go. <laughs> uh, nice guitar work. You know, it's another good song. Yeah, Charles hates the guitar work. <laughs> no, he hates fucking flutes. Typically, I didn't notice it. Yeah. Now I might not like it. Thanks yeah. for pointing out. Yeah, you just <laughs> fucked up the song for him, Tim. <laughs> Joking. I'm, yeah, just, I I'm just wondering, would we have talked about Josh Freeze like we're talking about him if he didn't get the gig in Foo Fighters? <laughs> I might have. He was I great. Have, yeah. Democracy. I know um, that. Yeah, well, I know. I love that album also. But, uh, and then I'm just going, take some bong rips and put on a good pair of headphones. This song is a trip and fucking amazing. A perfect song. A lot of metalheads don't like this band or tool. I don't understand because they like ABBA. This band fucking rules. I love this song. Like, and let's get to the next track, which is fucking, fucking shit. A name I probably... Arrestus. Okay. Arrestus. Arrestus. There you go. Thank you, guys. Uh, Tim, what do you think of this? Um, Arrestus was from Greek mythology, and he went mad, and makes sense listening to this song, but no, actually, this song is a very, very moody ballad. Love Maynard's vocals on it. Love his inflictions on this. Nice lyrics. It's just a it's it's a nice mellow track. What do you think? Oh, my turn. Uh, this is a serene song. Beautiful vocals. Drums are so crispy on this. Some the guitars are is amazing. The song has a lot of darkness to it. Not a bad song yet on this album, Charles. Uh, another safe song to my ears. Uh, really fine drumming again. Uh, musically pretty good playing, especially the bass work. But overall, I don't find it to be a standout. It fits in with contemporary tracks of other acts of the time. Decent filler with cool instrumentation, but nothing to write home about. It blends in with the Creed's really well and Stone Sour. Uh, I love Creed. Uh. <laughs> I like Stone Sour. I like Stone yeah, Sour. I'm starting like Slipknot though, a little bit. But then we get to uh, the next song, 
which you picked 10, three Libras on the Freeform mm -hmm. Rock Podcast. Okay, Tim, you picked three Libras. Why? Um, okay, this might take a minute to, to hash through, so bear with me, please. My favorite singer, rock and roll or any other genre of any time since I've been listening to music, is one Ronnie James Dio. 
I don't think Ronnie James Dio himself could have sang this song any better. Maynard's vocals are just, they go into a whole new stratosphere in this. I mean, Josh Freeze's drumming is awesome too, but I mean, it's, this is the closest thing to me that you're going to find a perfect song. I mean, everything is just perfect about it. It's just, the lyrics are fantastic. He sings them amazingly with just power and it's just an amazing track. Amazing track. Yeah, what I this song sounds like the sound from the early 2000s, but I like it, man. The vocals do it for me on this one. This rules and it's a fucking great song, man. <laughs> Good pick. I couldn't have said anything more than you said, Tim. So, but what do you think about it, Star? Uh-oh. Oh. Another single from the album, and I'll say... In all fairness, Maynard is a really good singer. Uh, he sounded great so far on all the tracks. And I do think his voice is what kind of keeps tracks like this to be better than the aforementioned Creed's and Stone Sour's. But other than that, though, this was a bit of a bore, and it comes across as trying to fit in with what is out at the time, which is odd, being how Tool was. Just a decent played, well-sung well -sung snoozer here. See, I agreed with you that it sounded like everything that came out in the year, early yeah. 2000s, but then Maynard's vocals changed that. So oh, the vocals are great. Yeah. yeah. Music. This is, this is one of them tracks where I am sure when he went back to recording with Tool, the other members of the band would look at him and go, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a great drummer in Carrie, man. So, yeah. Well, no, but still, what, what the, why didn't you keep that for us? <laughs> uh, Maybe. Damn. And then we get to uh, the next track, which is Sleeping Beauty, Tim. Oh, which is what Sleeping Beauty? Yep. Yeah. This song, I am not very keen on. First break with just guitar is cool, and the following riff is cool. The track doesn't do much for me. It, 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 I listened to it a few times, and it just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I disagree with you. This is totally doom metal, fucking Alice in Chains type song. Those leads and screaming riffs in the background. Oh my, I'm having a fucking guitarism as <laughs> on this one, man. This here this sounds like a mix of alice in chains and smashing and pumpkins not a bad song again on this album yet what do you think about it uh charles well yet another song that i hear a band trying to fit in rather than be trailblazing it is well played but there's something about the riff that dates it at the time to a sound i was never that fascinated with to begin with but yet at the same time I do recognize it's better played than a lot of the other groups of its day. And it does have its moments. I do find it better than Three Libras by a little bit. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one sucking this, dick, this album's dick so far. And then we get to the next track, which I picked. So here's Thomas on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
That was Thomas. I'll go first since I picked it. Uh, this is an alt rock masterpiece here. Fucking love this. So doomy and grungy with those guitar and the vocals again, man. So good that the whole acoustic break comes. It's like, whoa, man. Fuck. And then it fucking goes into a different song. This fucking song rules. What do you think about it, Tim? Ah, oh, that's a great song. Great heavy song. Heavy, heavy start. Brooding. Dark. Great drumming again. The acoustic part was cool. That yeah, that, and then it goes right back into a in the, in the metal again. In a different version of the song. Yep. Yep. And nice riff after the break. Oh my god! It's like three songs in one. I fucking love this shit. What do you think about it, Star? Well, now this is one I'm going to think that would be a bit more acceptable acceptable to the metalheads. Due to its crushing riff. A very interesting song due to its twists and turns. Powerful riff and Maynard's vocals kind of balance that. Which makes this one of the more interesting tracks thus far. And I fancy it quite a bit. Nice. You fancy it. I like that. Oh, that was cool. And then we get to the next track. Uh, Renholder? Ryan Holder? Yeah, with Umlaut put in the right place. Oh, that's great. Somebody got pissed off about that. Forgot who it was. Uh, but what do you I, think about it, Tim? I just put down filler sounds. That's all it is. It's like two minutes long. What do you think of uh, my turn? Uh, love the eerie acoustic to start this song. Is a trip with the violins, moaning by Maynard, beautiful instrumentations. Goes all Middle Eastern, but it's cool. It's not my favorite off here, but it's cool. What do you think about it, Charles? Another haunting type of song, complete with strings. I thought it was some great percussion. Basically, a short interlude style song that is really good. Too bad it's just a little interlude, though. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Charles. I liked it a lot. And then we get to track 10, which is Thinking of You, uh, Tim. Ah, Thinking of You. Nice bass at the start. Drums are enhanced. Sound, sounds like Nine Inch Nails. Nice guitar when it comes in. Maynard sings this differently, but still immaculately. And so I was wondering if he was make, using fillers on his voice, or filters on his voice. One of the better tracks on the album. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It says, love the bass. And then it kind of goes hip-hop. Well, Nine Inch Nails kind of makes sense. But was not... And the element works for me. Uh, this song is a banger, dude. I fucking love it. I love the weird sounding. Maybe he does have a filter on his voice. Maynard's doing on hit. And I like the the drums that sound like they're processed a little bit. 
but I like it. It's pretty cool. What do you think about it, Charles? Well, here we go with some Nine Inch Nails knockoff shit. <laughs> they just had to, I guess. Yeah, but I Nine Inch Nails were knockoff, so. <laughs> I don't know, man, but this is what smart, that smart rock shit that Maynard's Tool does or seems to. I like the I'm gonna pick. I'm going to say a hard pass here. Very try hard to me, but I understand the appeal doesn't do it for me, though. We get it, dude. And Mr. I hate repeating lyrics. How many times do you have to say just thinking of you? Take me out of your mind, please, Maynard. This, Thank I, you. I think this is the first time I went for the music side of it, and I wasn't very listening to the lyrics. So, this my bad. If the lyrics are that bad, I probably might change my mind on this song. So Yeah, well, just listen to Nine Inch Nails. Oh, I love Nine Inch Nails, but I think Filter is better. I like Richard Patrick better than mm. uh, Trent. It's the Bible world over and over again. You'll be good. Again, if you want to take a picture, man. All right. <laughs> I love that fucking song. I won't remember. I won't remember, but I fucking love Richard Patrick. He's an asshole, but he's a cool asshole. He at least fucking doesn't block people for fucking giving an opinion. Because I've given did him opinions. I, did he like My World by Guns N' Roses? I have no idea. We should, well, I should, then he would love this song. Because, so. dude, I've given him so much shit. I said, I wish you guys would start posting music up here instead of politics. He said, I do what I want. And I said, cool, brother. <laughs> I respected fucking Patrick for telling me that. And he didn't block me for an opinion. So he's fucking cool as fuck. Then we get to the next song, Brianna. Brianna. What do you think about it? Uh, you see, they all know I can't enunciate names, man. Sucks. I yeah. can't even say enunciate right. But uh, I'm uh, Tim, what do you think about it? It starts off moody. Drums sound great. Gets heavier after the first verse, then back to moodiness. Great track. One of the best on the album. Nice bass. You know, and that's pretty much the whole album is, you know, pretty much that. <laughs> Seems to me you've liked over half of this album so far, Tim. Oh, I know, but I'm saying it's, you know, nice bass and great guitar. I can't really bitch about anything. I know. <laughs> so why were you bitching earlier? I wasn't. I was just... <laughs> In the beginning of it, this episode, you did kind of Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I was bitching because, like, I can put this album on, right, and just get right into it and love it and just be right you know jamming right to it and then i can put this album on another time and it's like it's just like background music it doesn't really hit me all that hard but then you know when i started you know when i started uh breaking it down and all that i'm like well you know that part and this part you know i'm such a maynard fan so Maybe that's inflicted me, and uh, is it? You know, and you no, know, that that kind of sucks. And no, this is this is great. So it, it pissed me off that way that I gotta, I actually gotta think about my music. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what I that's why I like Poison because I don't have to think about what they're doing. <laughs> you know, it's good just to sit there and listen to dumb shit. You know, and go, yeah, this rocks. And then you go, well, I want to hear The Wall now, or I want to hear Dark Side of the Moon, or I want to hear Queensryche, or I want to hear fucking Rush, you know. I get in moods where I want to be cerebral, and I get in moods where I don't want to think about shit. I just want to rock. So I understand that. Uh, Charles, what do you think of Brana, Brina, or whatever? Uh, the fretless bass, uh, 
really awesome and it sound stands it it stands out a bit to me i gravitate more to these type of songs sounds more organic to this group to my ears i'm far from a tool expert and i don't want to be but on its own merit i think it's kind of comparable to tool a little bit and uh great vocals pretty well crafted rock song yeah it was pretty good to me yeah, I fucked up, Star. I hope you forgive me because I was supposed to go next. You were supposed let to let it happen. Yeah, I fucked up. It. My bad. I won't let it happen again. The contract. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, sire. <laughs> All right, it's a relaxing beginning. This band is really well oiled. Unit reminds me of the Smiths a little with that great rhythm section, and the guitarist who knows how to play for the song. I like this one, man. Nothing is out of fucking place. Fucking cool track. And then we get to the last track on the album, Tim. Over. What do you think about this? Um, I just I just put down over. Leave it to Maynard to come up with this at the end of an album. <laughs> Maynard plays the, the Kimbala on this. Is that that fucking like thing that the fucking kids hit Mr. Tinker Train? Yeah, that's a weird sound. Yeah, I hate <laughs> that shit. But I like Mr. Tinker Train. But I just wonder... All right, yeah, I, like I just asked you, is that Mr. Tinker Train with the kid's toy? Well, then the piano comes in. This song sucks. And in the album with this mess, fucking boo on you, Maynard. What the fuck? I don't want to hear the second album now because you fucked up this album, which is fucking cool. And I give it now I have to give it 11 out of 12 bong rips because I only liked 11 songs. That's a great album. Then. I'll fucking listen to the second one. Charles Starr, what do you think about it? Well, I do know Maynard is known to be eccentric, but this is perhaps a, perhaps a perfect example why he goes over my head. <laughs> I mean, what were they using? The Fisher-Price xylophone on this? <laughs> I, I mean... That's the Kimbala. I, well, whatever. I survived <laughs> this album somehow, and I, I will still say I do, I do understand the appeal of this band and Tool, but Outside of a few songs, I don't think I'll continue on this journey. But hey, I tried. Oh, man, we gotta do a Tool album, man. Undertow. The well, the 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 one Perfect Circle album with all the covers, I kind of enjoy it a bit. I I think I liked a Perfect Circle better when James Ehaw came in the band from uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Whatever that one is with all the covers, yeah. it's all covers. So. I, I love I love Smashing Pumpkins. We haven't. But overall, it. this album wasn't that bad, and I'm glad to do something I've never really listened to, and there's a lot of people dig. So, fuck it. Yeah, man, we might get some new fans on this fucking episode. Yeah, this this album to me, it's I don't know, it's like a alter ego of Maynard, and it sounds it to me like like if he brought. If he brought these band, these songs to Tool, I think they'd pick maybe four of them, and the rest would be dumped. But you know, it, it's it's like an alter ego. It it it's another outlet for Maynard to go in, just like Pussifer is a third outlet for him to go in with with songs that he writes and whatever. I don't. I didn't mind it. It's not. It's you know. It's far from my you know favorite album of all time, but it's. Not the worst I've ever heard either, you know. So, hats off to Maynard, I guess. I like this album, but that last song—it's like what the fuck? It says, 
Here's who played on the album. Major James Keener, vocals, tracks 1 to 12. Gord, I, what do you call it, a Cambriala? They called it Gord, too. Uh, so he played that fucking Mr. Tinker Train shit on that. And then Billy Hodel, guitar tracks on 1 to 11. And then background vocals, keyboards, piano tracks. Josh Freeze was drums on 2 to 11, because there was no drums on track 12. So Josh was, like, already gone. Uh, Has Lichen. Huh? Played bass. And then, yeah, Paz Lichten played uh, violin, bass track, and backing vocals. And Troy Van Leuven played lead guitar on parts of the end of the song on track 7 and 10. And then Tim Alexander played drums on track 1. And some guy viola, some guy percussion, Tim and some guy... Tim Alexander's in... Uh, in um... Primus. Yeah, Primus. Thank That's you. what Charles said earlier in the episode. And Paz, Paz Luenshin, she was in the Pixies. Ooh, I love the Pixies. Fuck, we need to do a Pixies episode with Edwin. Ah, uh, fuck yeah. But, uh, man, that's our uh, review. Charles, any closing thoughts on it again? No, like I said, it wasn't near as bad as I would have would have thought. Uh, it was better. Not necessarily something I'm going to listen to all the time, but like I said, I, I respect. This isn't like a crappy band, like Ugly Kid Joe or Chips. Why do you have to put down Ugly? Um, <laughs> this is. These guys are talented, and uh, it's not necessarily my cup of tea. But it wasn't as bad as I would have thought. You should just listen to every song on fucking uh, America's Least Wanted. Don't listen to Neighbor. Don't listen to every every. Uh, I hate everything about. Listen to the middle songs like "Goddamn Devil" and those songs. But you might like them. No, no. Okay, you don't have to, but you might do it. Cause you tell me you do things in stealthly, stealthy lists, and don't tell me what you did. <laughs> yeah, the new album isn't that good. The album before it was better. I think these guys are better than Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. I, yeah. The guy does write good lyrics in Ugly Kid Joe. A lot of sarcastic shit. Definitely better than Firehouse. No, I give you that, yeah. <laughs> Ugly Kid Joe is way better than Firehouse. No, Perfect Circle <laughs> is better than both of those. Oh, uh, I, I like Ugly Kid Joe a lot. I can't put Perfect Circle above Ugly Kid Joe. But uh, let's get to our tracks of the week. You picked a good one, Charles. Jimi Hendrix, Machine Gun. The greatest guitar player in the history of the fucking earth. There you go. And the discussion. I just, yeah, really. And nobody fucking downloads fucking uh, the episode we did on his debut album. 52 downloads? What the not fuck my is that? Favorite guitar player of all time. That's Jimmy Page, but the greatest. The Shags get like double the downloads of Jimi Hendrix Are You Experienced album? What the fuck is up with that shit? Well, the shags are comedy gold. Oh my god. Come on, our experienced album is... Fucking... Lee's fucking United States of America album is doing better than that. <laughs> god damn, Hot Poop is doing better than Jimi Hendrix. What's wrong with you people out there? Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Oh god, still Machine Gun is one of my favorite Hendrix songs. Yeah, but so. 52 downloads and are you experienced? Lee wasn't checked out on that episode, assholes. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to YouTube. You picked Thin Lizzy Angel from the Coast. 
Yes, uh, Phil Phil Lynott is one of my heroes and uh, rock god, um, and the greatest guitar player of all time. I hate to tell you is Tony Iommi. So there's that. Nah, <laughs> uh, I go for Van Halen and then Jimmy and then Jimmy would, Page. There would be no Eddie or Iommi without Hendrix. That's cool, but I would st but preferences it'd be but that doesn't mean they're not better maybe they're one a one b one c charles yeah they're not <laughs> they're all one a <laughs> jimmy hendrix no i mean hendrix is better both of them i, I mean that's uh, just... fuck. i don't want to say science i don't want to say facts yeah but you just say your facts well yeah i i believe in the concept of i have the perfect musical taste for me yeah, your facts. That's the thing everybody should say. I hate it when people say, hey, this is fact. This is science. Fuck your science. Fuck your facts. I listen to what I want. I do what I want. This is my fact. I don't like bands a lot of you guys like. I like a lot of bands you guys like. But that's it, man. Don't get all pissy at me because I, I say not my thing. <laughs> or enjoy. But... Charles, you're right. Jimi Hendrix is one of the best of all time. I cannot argue with you on that. And then Thin Lizzy is awesome. God dang. I've, we've never done a Thin Lizzy album on this fucking podcast. Cause really? Not one? Not one. Well, when you do, let me know. I'll do it. The greatest Irish rock band of all time. Yeah, we need to get Stephen Kirsch on here or somebody like that. Uh, Tim, no offense to you. You you could come on too because podcasts we could do longer. It's BS sessions we have a time limit. But uh, like, and then I picked a band that nobody talks about: Coheed and Cambria. Welcome, oh! welcome home. I. You don't like that band? I take it. I seen them. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> Dude, their music is like total rush. <laughs> And they don't eat them. Rush isn't one of their favorite bands. It's fucking weird. Don't compare them to Rush. Come on. Well, nothing compares to Rush to me, dude. Have a little oh, come on. Come on. Nothing. I'm not is... Rush Nutswinger like you are. I'm like, no, come on. I'm not. Don't ever, do that. I'm saying they have this, like, thematic rock, like, fucking Rush. And he has the weird vocals like Katie Lee. That's what well, I like. like Oh, hey, man. But Rush, Rush is on a whole other level. Oh, God, God, yeah, God, yeah, dude. This, this band isn't even on my, a whole other plane. This band isn't even in my top 200. But I like them. You see what I'm saying? Did uh, you see them five? No. Ooh. Were they you bad? Didn't miss, you didn't miss nothing. Okay, maybe they got better because I did see... I, uh, thought, I thought Trivium was better. Do you know Trivium? Oh, I saw Trivium open up for Maiden on the last uh, concert I saw. Yeah, I, I thought they were better. Oh, Trivium rules, dude. I got all their dis, uh, discography. First headliner was Slipknot, who blew them all away. Yeah, and uh, I'm asking for Slipknot, too. Gotta get some Slipknot. I'm starting to get into them for some reason. But uh, that's our tracks of the week. That was the album, uh, A Perfect Circle, uh, Mer de Norms. <laughs> I sound like a redneck trying to say that. Mer de Norms. Mer de Norms, or whatever. Mer Nah. I'm done, dude. You know, See your names. I went through this with Gershman. I don't need to do this on an album name. <laughs> See your names. I have a problem announcing, announce, whatever I'm trying to say. Saying Enunciate. names, dude. I'm not good Enunciate. at it. 
Enunciate. Yeah. yeah, there you go. See, I even said enunciate wrong. It's enunciate, but I could get that. <laughs> fuck me. I sound I sound like a fucking redneck fucking drinking fucking Cruz Light and a fucking... I don't know. <laughs> fuck that you shit. You should get Bud Light. It's like $3.40 a case right now. It's free, isn't it? <laughs> if it's not free, it's three dollars and something for twenty-four cans. I mean, fuck it, I'd buy it. I don't care. They don't have it here. All right, do, but not at that price. I know. Then here, yeah, America's where they're dying. Uh, let's get to uh, the end of the show, Charles. You any closing thoughts? No, I mean uh, as usual, I continue to rule as always, and uh, I want to thank. Uh, Mr. Tim Weirasnick for being on the show with us today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, it was a great time as always. Like, share, and subscribe, and uh, turn it over to you, Mark, for the final out. Yeah, I'm just saying, man, uh, we're here, we're there, we're everywhere. We are the Beatles of podcasting. I'm just going to put that out there. You just haven't heard it yet. I'm the oasis of podcasting. Ah. I'm Beatles of podcasting, man. Yeah. Okay, I'll be the Black Sabbath of podcasting. Help that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Like like Charles said, the star. Like, subscribe, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, which my wife said earlier in this show. But uh, let's get the fuck out of here, man. Thank you guys for being on here. Freeform Rock Podcast rules. We love all of you, and we interact with all of you more than any other podcast. No slight to any other podcast, just to make sure you guys know that. I I can have an ego for once in my life, right? <laughs> All right, let's get out of here, man. Later, guys. Later, everyone. Yeah, yeah, Isabella. I said it's so hard out here in this world,
I love it, 
for the best of rock and heavy metal and some Duran Duran. <laughs> Just joking. Where am I? Tune into thatmetalstation.com every Tuesday night to hear the Freeform Rock Show. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on thatmetalstation.com. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artists by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.